Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of 2 Corinthians today, chapter number 5. We started on the last podcast talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Wherefore we labor that whether we, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear a fact before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, it's a fact we're going to appear, and there's fear that we're going to appear. We persuade men. That fact and that fear brings a fervency to do something for the Lord. We persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also also are made manifest in your consciences. We started yesterday talking about the judgment seat. We ran through the past judgments of God. We ran through the present judgments. And we talked about the future judgments. And two of those future judgments, one is for the lost, the great white throne judgment, and one is for the saved, that is the judgment seat of Christ. And we ended on the last podcast talking about how every courtroom scene has witnesses. A witness is a person who has observed the actions of the defendant, and they give testimony to the facts. Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 that we're to run the race with patience, that, that God is watching. And when, when Paul wrote these words in 2 Corinthians 5, he's using the, uh, the, the word Bema seat. He talks about here the judgment seat of Christ. That is that Bema seat. Okay, and it, it simply means a, 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 a place set to observe. And that's what that word judgment seat means. It's the Bema or the Bema. And so what it means is God is observing our actions. God is watching how we run the race. And there's going to be witnesses at the judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is a courtroom scene. And as in a courtroom, there will be witnesses brought to the stand. There are witnesses that will testify against us at the judgment seat. What are those witnesses? Let me give you a few. Number one, the first witness that will be called to the stand when we face the judgment seat, is going to be our works. Our works will witness against us. Now, there is a, the Bible is a two-edged sword. And I'll say this statement with a positive uh, slant, and I'm going to say it with a negative slant. God keeps a record. Oh, on the positive side, I'm so glad that God keeps a record. But on the negative side, I tremble in the fact that God keeps a record. Over and over again in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, I know thy works. I know thy works. I know thy works. I know thy works. Over and again, he told those churches. And I just want to remind us uh, on these podcasts of, of the judgment seat that we're going to stand before God. Our works will be a witness. The book of Jeremiah chapter number thirty. Uh, Chapter number 17, verse 10 said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. 
God knows our works. In in 1 Samuel 16, remember he told Samuel, he said, don't look on his countenance, don't look on the height of his stature. Uh, he said, the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. He said, I, I, uh, man looks on the outward, but I look upon the heart. And then in 1 Kings 8, 39, he said, Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways. Proverbs 15, 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Proverbs five twenty one says, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. You understand that our works are being judged. Our works are going to be a witness against us. The Bible said in Romans 2.16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Ecclesiastes 12.14 says God's going to bring every work unto judgment, every secret thing, and whether it be good or whether it be bad. And I want you to understand today, that's exactly what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.10. He said that they're going to be brought into judgment whether it be good or whether it be bad. You and I, we tend to think of the good we've done, and we tend to forget the bad that we will be rep- reprimanded for. And that word bad doesn't necessarily mean something wicked or evil or sinful. You know what it means? It means good for nothing. Whether it be good or whether it be bad, it simply means worthless. It, it, it simply means good for nothing. And there's a lot of things that we involve ourselves in as children of God that are worthless, that are not going to matter when the time of this earth ends. It's speaking of that time when all the temporal things have vanished and only what is left is eternal. It's talking about the time we spent on worldliness instead of the things of God. There's a very convicting uh, preacher and writer from the past that when I read his books and when I listen to some of his messages, uh, so convicting, Dr. Leonard Ravenhill. If you've never listened to him or never read any of his books, you ought to because it'll convict you. Leonard Ravenhill uh, said the reason we can't have revival is because we have too much leisure time. Oh, and I think he's right. We've got ourselves so caught up in the things of this world, and they're not necessarily um, sinful or or what you'd call bad in a sense of wickedness, but they're bad in a sense that there's nothing of eternal value to them. And, and, and sometimes I even get convicted. I love to watch ball games. I love to watch football. I love to watch Carolina basketball when they're winning. Uh, at this moment, it's not been going so good. But I love I love watching sports. And sometimes I'm convicted that was that not – uh, you know, time wasted. And I understand you have to have times of refreshing and times of renewal, you know, when you sit down and you just re- – I understand that. But really and truly, in the light of eternal uh, things, how much time are we wasting on the things of this world? Here's what Charles Finney said, the great revivalist. He said we should have no recreation, no recreation, but that all of our time should be given to the work of the Lord. And it terrifies me. That one day, I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account of every idle minute of my life. Mm. The Bible says, do all to the glory of God. And I, I, when I look at that, in that realm, in that 
reality. I mean, can I hit a golf ball for the glory of God? Can I catch a bass for the glory of God? Can I kill a deer for the glory of God? Can I watch a ball game for the glory of God? Can I read uh, this sports magazine for the glory of God? You, you know, when you look at it from that angle, it, it, it's very convicting. Now, I understand we got to have some time where we refresh, but the majority of our time should be spent serving the Lord and doing for the Lord because we're going to have to stand for God, stand before God. And a lot of things are not going to matter. I know I know it's not very nice and sweet, and this podcast is probably not a favorite, but at the same time, it's a treasure of truth that we're going to stand before God. And no amount of holiness will exempt us at the judgment. No amount of weakness will excuse us at the judgment. The Bible said, 1 Corinthians 3.13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Our works are going to be a witness. Now, the word sort there that we find in First Thess- uh, First Corinthians 3, what sort it is, does not mean how much, but it means the quality of what you did. It doesn't mean quantity. It means quality. And... It doesn't matter how much you pile up. What matters is how much is worth something. And we are a busy society, but I wonder sometimes how much quality we have if we're not just having quantity. Our works are going to be a witness at the judgment. Religious works have never impressed God. You look at that story in the Bible where the Pharisees, uh, they tithed and they prayed and they fasted three times a week. That didn't impress the Lord. You say, well, Brother Jeremy, what are good works? What are works that are going to stand the test of the fire? Works that have been done dependent upon the Spirit of God. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And I believe there's a lot of singing and teaching and preaching and worshiping and giving and witnessing and working done today that's done without the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of church folk got to be begged, pulled, pushed, bragged, bribed, petted, before they do anything for the Lord or anything for the church. Too many of God's children are giving God the leftovers instead of the best. Too many of God's children are in a rut just doing things out of habit. Too many of God's children are just in a religious routine, and their heart is far from it. Our work is going to be a witness. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you do? Why do you go to church? Why are you faithful? Why are you listening to this podcast? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you tell others about Jesus? It's very important, the motive behind it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it's the love of Christ that constrains me. Paul said, I do it. I do what I do because Jesus loves me and because I love Jesus. Is your job, your talent, your ability in the church, is it done for The wrong motive, or is it done for the glory of God? I've heard people say, well, I don't, I'm not worried about my works just as long as I get to heaven. I'm afraid God's going to reveal our motives for doing the things we do. And if God did reveal our motives here, (laughs) if God on a Sunday morning started revealing the motives of the people in the building, I believe a lot of people would run out in shame because our old human nature wants glory for what's being done. You remember the story of Diotrephes and 
in the book of third John verse number nine, the Bible said he loved to have the preeminence among the brethren. He loved to exalt himself. And you know, there's a lot of folks that won't be a part of a church unless they can be in a position, unless they can sing, unless they can play an instrument, unless they can be a deacon or have a Sunday school class. <laughs> what in the world are we doing these things for? The Bible says about those Pharisees, they prayed out loud, they fasted sorrowfully, they gave openly. You know what Jesus said? You've got your reward. You've got your reward. I'm telling you, we're going to stand before God. My desire, the older I get, the longer I live in this world, is to make sure that I've got something to throw at Jesus' feet. I want a crown to throw at Jesus' feet. Man, those Pharisees, they love to prove their spirituality. You don't have to prove your spirituality. In fact, Jesus said, do your praying and your giving and your fasting in secret. And he said, your father which seeth in secret is going to reward you openly. Our works are going to be a witness. Our treatment of others. Romans 14, 10, why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For ye, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. How we treat others and how we compete with others. Here we have a brother jealous and the other brother belittling his brother. That, that, my friend, is so ungodly. But more than that, we're going to stand before God with that. Our treatment of others is going to affect our judgment. It's clear in Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Those who are critical of others, invite God to deal with them as they have dealt with others. The old saying is, what goes around comes around. If you want a biblical statement, you reap what you sow. We're going to be accountable. We're going to be accountable for our works, our attitude about serving God. Do we serve because we feel obligated? Do we serve because it's expected? Do we serve because we feel we'd be condemned by our pastor or maybe fear retaliation from the pastor? Man, I mean, we're faithful, but we're grumbling about it. We're faithful, but we're complaining about it. We're faithful, but we're not interested. Our works are going to be a, a witness. Our works are going to be a witness. I'm going to continue this thought on the next podcast and deal with some other witnesses. But I want to just challenge you today. Let's do something that's going to last. Let's do something for God that's going to last. Let's get our mind off of this world. Let's set our affections on the things above. This world desperately needs a Christian that would be salt and light. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. This world is filthy. This world is dark. It needs some purifying. It needs some illumination. And God will use you to do it. One day, if we don't, we're going to stand before the judgment. And our works are going to witness against us. So go out today. Be salt. Be light. If you're listening in the evening, plan on purpose tomorrow I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to have the right motive. I'm going to work for the Lord with the right motivation in light of the fact that I'm going to stand before the Lord one day at the judgment seat of Christ. Don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast. And until then, God bless you.